the Psychology Godfather episode number 10, where I am going to pick up on part two of the therapy tidbits and some of my insider scoops on what I believe makes successful therapy. So unfortunately, the last episode, my battery decided to die on the camera, so I had to cut it short. And um, so got new batteries in it, and we should be good now. So picking up where I left off last time, I believe I'm at tip four. I was talking about the clinician or the therapist using his or her feelings as data. So how the therapist is feeling during the session about the client and and the moment is diagnostic data. And so that needs to be looked at and studied carefully because feelings and perceptions of feelings are our tools as clinicians. So what I like to think about is I see things through my eye, through the lens of my eye, and you as the client sees things through the lens of your eye. So we each have our own perception of what's happening in the, in the moment between us and the here and now. And feelings, and especially when you're talking and dealing about you know things that are upsetting and emotional, can get in the way but need to be worked through. So I try to think of think of the truth and the real healing part of the feeling as being a third lens. So it's like there's three people in the room. There's me, there's you, and there's like this third person which essentially represents our therapeutic relationship together. So the middle ground between your perceptions, your feelings, a therapist's perceptions clinically and their feelings and kind of where the truth lies in between. So that would be where the, not that there's a correct, but kind of the goal is the gray area, you know, things not to be completely black or white, you know, yes or no, but the in between the middle, this is especially um, the case when it comes to treating couples because Couples often are anchored, as we all are as human beings, in our own perspective and our own perception of the problem. So, you know, the the man may feel a certain way and see things a certain way, and the wife or, you know, partner may feel a certain way, but they it's very, very difficult and almost impossible to really clearly be able to see things through the other partner's eyes and through their perception. And we're all get stuck and anchored in defending our point of view and defending, well, you know, here's what I think and and not really listening and trying to look at the other person's point of view and having empathy for the experience that they're having. So when you do couples therapy or working with a couple, that third person, would the middle person, should be the clinician, the person, the therapist, the counselor, the person in the middle between the two that can take each piece of data, here's your feelings and here's your feelings, here's how you see things and here's how you see things, and have some overlap there for the middle, for the third person. The third person in that case would be not necessarily the therapist, but the third person being the marriage, the relationship. So that's kind of the way I look at using clinical feelings as data and as, as a tool in therapy. So kind of looking at the third perspective. Um, my number five tip is being transparent. So not playing games, um, being open and honest with 
my perceptions and my feelings as a clinician, as a, as a human being, about what's being experienced in the session and my opinions and my reactions. And we're not here for me, we're here for you, but I don't play games. I don't, you know, play psychological tricks or anything. I'm completely open and transparent. I think that is the best way to facilitate change and to um, form the authentic therapeutic relationship. And I've noticed that oftentimes people, after they get to know me, they'll, after a while, they'll come back and they'll say um, something like, uh, you really didn't like you at first. You were kind of harsh or, you know, something about you. I didn't really like you. You turned me off or something. But that's because I think I'm being transparent and open and authentic and I'm not wanting to waste my time or your time. Like, let's get, roll our sleeves up and let's get to work and let's get busy. And so maybe people pick up on that. They're not used to someone being so open and authentic with them. And so it's kind of a a, a turnoff or, or something. But once that's worked through, they realize this guy is really being honest and open with me. So tip number six is never telling people what to do. So as a therapist, uh, anyone really shouldn't tell anyone else what to do. It's the other person's life. It's their experience. It's their decision, how they want to live it. So that completely is not therapy. That's like advice giving. So I don't give advice. I can say perhaps if I were in a situation, I may think this, I may think that, but I never tell someone what to do. There's never one size that fits all for, really for anything, but for therapy. Uh, you know, for example, if you walk down the the, uh, the aisle in the bookstore and you go to the diet section, you'll see all these different hundreds and different types of diets. And the reason there's so many different diets is because none of them really work. And there's not one size that fits all. So no one can really tell anyone exactly, well, this is a diet to do. I mean perhaps they all will work to some degree, but you actually have to, you have to actually follow them. And it's up to the person to pick which diet he or she chooses. So the coach or therapist can't force a particular style or particular methodology down someone's throat, so to speak. It's, it's their decision to, to, to pick and, and it's, it's their choice in their life. And there's a saying in Buddhism that essentially a, I think the Buddha said, I'm not sure, but something along the lines of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And that is you can't, if you think about that, you can't really force someone to change, force someone to be a better athlete, to grow, to to learn. They have to be ready for it. So it's not that you sit there as a passive client or patient or whatever, you know, and and somebody performs some magical theory and spell on you and you magically get better, you're the one that actually does the work. So what are some of the therapy traps? Well, first of all, you may need to kind of shop around and find a person that that you feel kind of gets you and fits your style and you feel like they're on the same page with you. And like I said earlier, not everyone's going to like you and everyone likes me and, you know, that's fine. Um, that's, 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 That's life. So... Um, there's not going to be, no one's going to like you all the time. And, and so the, the point of it is to shop around and find someone that seems to be a match for you. And even if they are a match for you, even if you do like them, even if you do trust them, there'll be times we'll be frustrated and, and upset with them. And 
that's just part of the therapeutic process is working through the, the, the conflicts and the struggles and the, and the change and grappling through the psychological issues. No therapist or no human being has all the answers. The answers to your own problems are within yourself, and it's up to you to find them. So I like to think of my job as trying to provide the, the therapeutic ingredients you know, and the environment, but really the growing and the, 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 the end product is up to the person. So you can add fertilizer and sunshine and water and wait and you know the acorn will grow into an oak tree but it's not going to happen really quick results are never fast i don't care what anyone says they're not fast real growth real work requires discipline commitment and time and pain so you know life is difficult and being a good therapist is difficult and doing good therapy is difficult. It is unpredictable. It's out of the comfort zone for many people. It shouldn't be, but it is because of what the nature of what you're doing. So unfortunately, I think a lot of therapists make the mistake, especially fresh out of graduate school, you know, to just be nice and Mr. Rogers and smile and be warm and and this, that, and the other. And, um, you know, the problem with that is it, it doesn't, they really don't, it is a difficult job and there is no shortcut. There is no answer. So keep that in mind. Okay. So again, therapy is a unpredictable process it's not it has its own course it has its own its own life its own path it's something that is not an exact science it's an art it's a process so it takes its own course the therapist helps to steer direct give feedback but it's a therapeutic dance and a relationship that evolves on its own organically it cannot be perfect and nothing is Change requires guts. It's scary. Um, it, you know, we're all afraid to let our guard down and let someone expose ourselves to someone else. And it's much easier to just be the victim, so to speak. And everything's never my fault. And it, I was abused, and I was fill in the blank. And but at some point, we all we're all afraid, but we all need to let our guard down and own up to our responsibility and what can we do in our lives in the here and now to change and to be happy, to be successful. But it's a scary process, and oftentimes it does involve letting that guard down and and some regression of going back and talking about very uncomfortable things. And unfortunately, a lot of people live their lives defined by the bad things that happen to them. And so the challenge I have with them and the challenge they have is to let go of that part of the self and to move forward with a healthy new self. So it is a scary, scary process. And most things that matter are difficult. It's not fun to get into the boxing ring and get hit in the face, but 
you get over it eventually, you get used to it, you roll with the punches and you get over the fear and you grow and you, you progress and it, it turns you into an adult, turns you into a man, into a woman. So kind of wrapping up here, you have to, my best advice, I'm not, although wait a minute, let me correct myself here as I'm not giving advice. I don't give advice, but my guess, well, a, a, a tidbit of psychological wisdom in my experience is just be realistic about the, about what your outcome will be and the pace in which your outcome will be with your therapist. And in summary, you, the trust is the foundation we're human beings and the relationship, the therapeutic relationship is what heals it's its own organism. So what are some things you can do to get the most out of your therapy or working with your therapist? Be willing to work really hard. But guess what? Your therapist isn't going to work harder than you are. It's just like a coach with an athlete. The coach will guide and tell you what to do and give you feedback, but the athlete is the one that does the practice, that goes back again, that runs the extra mile, that runs the extra lap. So you've got to work hard at it. Set goals in your mind of areas that you want to work on, things that you want to achieve. Envision your life the way you would like for it to be in the future rather than being stuck in a rut or stuck in this kind of repetitive pattern that you you can't seem to break. And we all need to do a better job, I think, of focusing on our strengths and our inner resources and who we are at our core and following that, that, so to speak, because that will take you in the right direction, the right path. That will lead to, to healthy living to to healthy feelings of the self and ultimately to better self-acceptance so what is a therapist what is a clinician a psychiatrist psychologist a, a life coach is basically i like to think of the metaphor of they're like a lighthouse and you know you're coming into the harbor on a stormy night and they help to kind of ground you and anchor you and provide you with the direction that you need to to, to steer your ship into, so to speak, rather than um, riding around in circles. So, But ultimately, it is you that does the work. So that's a wrap for this episode. And if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to send me an email at... Um, psychologygodfather at gmail.com and I'm also on Twitter I am not on Facebook and I don't plan to be so I'm not going down that road anyway maybe that'll be a topic for another podcast so until next time I will talk to you later and this is George the Psychology Godfather and I am out